Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today is an exciting day, as we are finishing Shmuel Aleph, learning the 31st chapter, Perak Lamed Aleph of the Sefer, and completing the Sefer. Now, to be clear, the division of Shmuel Aleph into two volumes is not a Jewish innovation. It's a Christian one. And so, in a certain sense, this is not an authentic division of the work. This is not a, a real accomplishment in a certain respect, as we are really just halfway through this Sefer that we call Shmuel. However, even if it's just a kind of a halfway marker, I still think it should give us some pause to reflect, to celebrate the accomplishment that we have uh, achieved in a relatively short amount of time, having completed Yehoshua, Shoftim, and now what we call Shmuel Aleph. It's, it's quite remarkable, and it's something to be proud of. If nothing else, it's certainly an opportunity to try to bring more people in to our project because it's, it's less daunting to start a Sefer uh, anew rather than jumping in 10 Prakim into Shmuel to start the beginning of Shmuel Bet feels less daunting. And so if you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment right now and think about one of your friends who might also enjoy listening and might also enjoy our type of learning. And, uh, and please send them a link, get them involved. Let's continue to grow our community of learners. Thank you. Okay, let's get to the good stuff, or more precisely, the tragic stuff. Shmuel Aleph ends with the death of the first king of Israel, the death of Shaul. And Shaul's a tragic figure. We, we don't end with a sigh of relief, now David is safe. Shaul has obviously flown so far off the handles. You might think that there, there is a certain, a certain sense of, ah, that's done, but that's not the case. The Perek is tragic, and it's... I think, designed to try and make us appreciate, to truly feel the tragedy of this moment. The narrative is, is fairly brief. B'nai Israel go to battle with the Plishtim. They lose. They, they suffer many casualties. Shaul's three sons are killed, including Yonatan. And then finally, Shaul himself is caught by enemy archers. And as his death is, is imminent, likely he's, he's wounded already, he asks his arms bearer, to, to kill him, to, to kill him with a sword. The, the arms bearer refuses. It's generally not a great look to, uh, to kill a king. And so Shaul falls on his own sword rather than being taken and potentially tortured by the Plishtim. Plishtim come. They strip Shaul's body of his royal armor. They send that back to their idolatrous temples as a kind of tribute. They decapitate Shaul. They hang his body together with that of his children in Beit Shan. And then we're told that the people of Yavesh Gilad go and they retrieve uh, the bodies of Shaul and his children and they bury them. And even though the chapter, as I said, is, is brief, there's actually so much depth here. There, there's so many ways in which the text is made to echo past events in a way that elevates our sense of this tragedy. I think uh, it's almost a kind of retrospective traveling farther and farther through Shaul's career, meaning as we advance through this parak, we're going to earlier and earlier stages of Shaul's career and in Shaul, and Shaul's relationship to David. Allow me to explain. And you could say I'm overreading here. I don't think I am. Firstly, Shaul is struck by archers. The text tells us all about that. You, the text could have just told us he was killed, but they tell us how he was struck by the different archers, and uh, it gives us a good deal of, of, of detail there. And reading it, I can't help but flash back to the other moment of iconic archery 
in Sefer Shmuel. And that is when Yonatan uses archery as a signal to David that he must flee. And this is a kind of turning point. It's a critical moment when Shaul goes from, I mean, initially he was a friend of David's, and then he became this kind of, there was this suspicious and unstable relationship. They had certainly strained that relationship. Shaul had attempted David's life, but still there was an open, there's an opening for repair. And then finally, when Yonatan sends David away, that is the, the moment when David and Shaul become out and out foes. And so I think the archery takes us back to that moment. Then we're told that Shaul is stripped bare by the royal, uh, of his royal armor, by the plishtim. And that makes me think of a moment prior to the archery instance. And that was when he took off his armor and gave it to David to go and fight Goliath. And that's a simpler time when Shaul so fully trusted and admired David that he was willing to actually give him the royal garments to go and fight David, a pretty loaded act. And yet at that time, he didn't suspect David. And so he was willing to do so. And then it was after that moment when David ultimately goes and kills Goliath that Shaul asks, wait a second, who's his father? What family is he from? He realizes that David's from Beit Lechem and that's when we see the, 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 the light go off in Shaul's head and he, and he realizes, wait a minute, David is actually a threat to me. So this takes us to that critical moment, that stripping of Shaul's armor. The, the other time that he is stripped of his armor, he takes it off willingly. Now he's taking it off. It's being taken off against his will. I think it takes us back to that moment. And then at the end of the parak, we go even further back in Shaul's career. What happens? The people of Yavesh Gilad come and they perform this final act of kindness for Shaul, taking his body off the walls of Beit Shan and burying him. And this brings us back. Why are they doing this? They're doing this because they have a sense of gratitude to Shaul. Shaul's first and really great act as a king is uniting the people to fight Nachash in defense of the friendless people of Yavesh Gilad. So the Perak systematically takes us back in time, first to Yonatan sending David off with the arrows. That's when things get really bad. That's the turning point to, the, to really the, the out and out um, animosity and turmoil in the relationship between David and Shaul. Then we are, we are given this image, we're presented with this image of Shaul being stripped bare of his armor. And that takes us back to that moment, the simpler time when Shaul was willing to give his armor to David, was so trusting of David that he was willing to take off his armor and give it to him. And then finally, we are told that the people of Yavesh Gilad retrieve Shaul's body, and that reminds us of an even simpler time in Shaul's life, when Shaul was this wonderful king filled with promise, able to unite the people and to fight on behalf of a kind of marginalized uh, people, the people of Yavesh Gilad. Alas, now he lays slain, driven mad by his own sense of fear and suspicion and by his own inability to follow the word of God and the word of Shmuel. How poetic it is that Shaul ultimately falls on his own sword, as if our final affirmation that Shaul's suffering is indeed self-inflicted. It is a tragic end to a tragic figure, Opportunities had and opportunities lost. But like all ends, this ushers in a new beginning, which we will explore 
in Shmuel Bet, beginning on Monday. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz, and happy learning.